Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Deke Hager. And I'm Benedict Jones. This is the WFHB Local News for Monday, March 27th, 2023. Later in the program, it's WFHB's Spring Fun Drive. We will be cutting in throughout the program to ask for your support. More coming up in today's show. This is just enabling space for the shelter so they don't have to euthanize. Having to euthanize dogs is an awful thing. That's Bloomington animal welfare advocate, Kathy Egan, founder of Canine Express, a volunteer-run nonprofit transporting dogs from overcrowded shelters to places where they can find loving homes. We'll hear more from her later in the show on a new episode of Activate, featuring real people working for positive change in our community. But first, your daily headlines. It's WFHB's Spring Fun Drive. The WFHB Local News is an award-winning news and public affairs program that highlights what's happening in South Central Indiana, produced in large part by volunteers. This kind of programming is rare, but we aim to be a training ground for volunteers looking to learn the craft of radio journalism. WFHB is one of the few independent sources of news in Monroe County, and we're proud to carry on the longstanding tradition of news and public affairs for Bloomington, Monroe County, Ellettsville, and Nashville. But in order to maintain the WFHB local news four nights a week, we need your support. We need to raise $200 during this very program to meet our goal for Fundrive. So please give us a call at 812-323-1200 or visit WFHB.org to make a donation. Every amount helps to reach that goal of $200, no matter how small. Again, call us at 812-323-1200 and make your pledge today. Thank you for your time, and thank you for your support. At the Monroe County Election Board meeting on March 23rd, the board discussed how they can respond to claims that a candidate for Bloomington City Council District 6 was running under false pretenses of living in the district. A previous member of the board, Guy Lofton, sat in place of David Henry for the meeting. Lofton introduced himself and explained that he is serving as a proxy for Henry since Henry is chair of the Monroe County Democratic Party and abstained from the conversation. My name is Guy Lofton. I'm I'm serving as proxy for David Henry concerning this matter. Uh, from which he felt it was appropriate to have somebody else step in. Uh, I practiced law for Monroe County, in Monroe County for 40 years. I've, I was on the election board previously, so uh, he felt that experience would be, might be helpful, and I was glad to, to help out. Lofton outlined what he knew about the case of David Wolf Bender. Lofton said that he believes they should open an investigation into it and have a public meeting where Bender is able to speak. By way of context, let me, I've, I've looked at everything that I've, that I've had an occasion to, had the opportunity to, uh, since I was uh, asked to do this. And here's what I understand. 
is the records show that Mr. David Wolf Bender filed to run as a common council candidate in District 6 in the upcoming primary. Uh, February 17th, uh, 2023, uh, IDS article reported Mr. Bender did not live at the address in District 6 at which he said he lived in his candidacy declaration. Uh, Election board member Donovan Garlett, as I understand it, has requested an in in investigation. County attorney Molly Turner King has provided a very helpful memorandum of applicable law. Uh, and I have, have looked up and found a portion of the statutes which I think is important. And it's Indiana Code 3-14-1-1, which states in pertinent part, a person who knowingly, two, or part two, files a declaration of candidacy, candidacy knowing any part thereof to be falsely made, commits a class A misdemeanor. Based on my understanding of the circumstances that I've talked about, uh, it appears to me that Mr. Bender probably violated this code, IC 3-14-1-1-2. Unless I'm convinced that this is inappropriate during this meeting within the election board, uh, I intend to move that we set a date for an investigation and invite Mr. Bender in person and or by counsel to present evidence and argument. I think we should refer this to the prosecutor. Um, and then we don't have to figure out how to issue subpoenas. And frankly, I, I practiced law in 40 years and I'm still not a very good investigator, and, you know, looking at witness statements and all that. Whereas the prosecutor has very professional investigators inside their offices and inside the, uh, in the, um, police department who I think can do a thorough job. And if the investigate, if the prosecutor says, we're going to prosecute. That's the prosecutor's job. If the prosecutor says, we don't think there's enough here to prosecute, that's their job. But my job isn't to determine prosecutorial merit. My job is to determine whether it looks to me like a criminal act might have occurred, and if so, refer to the prosecutor. Chair of the board, Donovan Garlitz, asked for clarification on which election codes were applicable. County Attorney Molly Turner King responded. I don't know that I would say the voter registration statute is inapplicable. So of the four that you identified, only one of them has a criminal of, um, penalty tied to it. And so in the election code under chapter three, article 14, it lists offenses that if violated would constitute a violation of the election law and a criminal offense. And of the four um, code sections identified by the counts or by the election board at the last meeting, the only um, code within Article 14 is um, 31411, and it's the Declaration of Candidacy, and that is the code statute that Mr. Lofton referred to. And so a violation of that statute's criminal penalty constitutes a, a misdemeanor. So then of the other three, what are our, um, as Mr. Lofton said, it's not our job to prosecute. Um, it is our job to just make sure that we do or do not refer that to the proper authorities. I think I'm speaking on behalf of the board in that manner. With regard to the other three, what is our duty and our 
and or our right with respect to those three potential um, violations of election codes? So in um, code section 36531, it says if after the judgment of the election board, um, after a hearing with due notice, uh, is the belief of the election board that a person has engaged in or is about to engage in an act that constitutes a violation of a provision of this title, meaning the election code, um, the board shall take the action it considers appropriate under those circumstances. And one of the actions it specifically references is the ability to refer it to a, either the attorney general or the appropriate prosecutor. She shared that the board does not have the ability to fine Bender, but that they can publicly threaten to penalize him. For the other three, um, where there's not a criminal statute, um, it doesn't define what actions, the code section does not define what actions it would, the election board, appropriate actions by the election board. But it does not, the election code does not give the election board the ability to assess fines. So you would not be able to fine Mr. Bender as a result of a violation if you determine such under the three non-criminal statutes. So I think you could publicly sanction him, but other than that, I don't know what action would be a considered appropriate or what action would be available for the election board. County Clerk Nicole Brown said she wanted to ensure the investigation is taken seriously. She suggested that they take action to show that someone cannot falsify their residency without facing consequences. Here, here's what my concern is. As we've been talking today, because again, I walked into this believing to get to the bottom of this, we had the authority to issue subpoenas, then it almost feels like it would be worthless because right. it could be quashed. What does a complaint to the election board mean? And if if what the discussion is producing is not a hill of beans, it feels like Mr. Bender would not take seriously what I am trying to get across, which is you can't do this. You cannot say you live in a residence. You cannot put an address on candidacy papers and say, I live here and I am qualified to be a candidate because I reside in this district. And if that is the case. And it comes to light that you don't live here. If this had never come to light, how would this play out? And I wasn't looking for this. I would not know Mr. Bender if he walked in this room right now. I was not looking for this. I got a day job. I got other things I can be doing. What does it mean and how seriously do you take running for office and how seriously do you take the election board when you, in your own handwriting, three times put an address on a piece of, on a candidacy intended to run as a candidate and you don't live there? And a legitimate complaint was filed before the election board. There's been a window of time that this person had to say, hey, here's what really happened. I don't know. I have, <laughs> I have probably wasted more time than I should in my own mind thinking, what plausible reason could yes. that have happened? Did he try to purchase that property with the owner? Which, again, is why I'd like to talk to the owner. Did he make you an offer to purchase and you changed your other mind? Did he think he'd be living there and be able to be sworn in? 
you know, after election day, there are some things that that owner could answer in the spirit of right. we, I respect you as a board and I want you to get to the bottom of this because this involves my property. So now it feels, and I'm just telling you how it feels with me. You all are free to feel how you feel. It feels like what has come out in this meeting is a complaint before the board means absolutely nothing. And that means somebody will do this again. Ergo, let's, <laughs> in my humble opinion, consider, I'm not saying we have to make a decision today. We've got a May 18th hearing date set. In my opinion, let's consider turning what we have in good faith over to the state police and say, if there are charges to be had here, we trust you. If there are no charges, please report back to the election board. And we move forward with it because we don't want this to drag on. The board set an official hearing date for May 18th to hear from David Wolf Bender. The next Monroe County election, <clears throat> the next Monroe County election board meeting will be held on April 6th. Good evening. I'm WFHB correspondent Grace Romine, and I am here tonight with... Hi, I'm Deke Hager. Hi, Deke. Now, can you tell me, how did you get involved with WFHB? Well, I've been uh, involved on and off for a, a little while, but I feel like radio is a little bit of a, a family tradition in my case, in that my, my grandfather was a guy named Lee Noble, and he got the nickname Deke, which is my name, given name, um, because he was a sports writer, and a newspaper guy, but he's also a radio announcer, and he announced everything from stock car races to professional wrestling and and college or college and and uh, high school sports and the Indianapolis 500. And so I grew up listening to these stories uh, from my mom about you know when Daddy was on the radio and, and did all this, and so it created a really sense of an excitement uh, for me from radio, and uh, and so for me it's it's a great opportunity to get involved as a volunteer and uh, and enjoy something that I have uh, a sense of history with. I feel and uh, speaking of history, it's like radio is just over a hundred years old. It was the first mass media that was electronic and it's still going strong and here it's going strong through volunteer power and uh the community effort and as a community radio station so that's what excites me is the uh the openness of it and 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 the uh, the realness i guess you might say of of the radio in this in this sense so that's why i like to get involved myself and why i am a supporter myself and uh so, you know, here during Fun Drive, we have an important part of the job, I think, to, uh, to, to ask you to help out. You know, we need to raise uh, $200 during this, this program to meet our goal for Fun Drive. So, you know, please give us a call at 3812-323-1200 or visit WFHB.org to make a donation. Every amount helps. Everything that you, anything you can do will help us get to that goal of $200. And again, call us at 812-323-1200, or you can make your pledge online at wfhb.org. And thank you so much, everyone, for your time and your support.
Up next, we have Activate, featuring real people working for positive change in our community. In this episode, animal welfare advocate Kathy Egan talks about Canine Express, a volunteer-run nonprofit transporting dogs from overcrowded shelters to places where they can find loving homes. This segment is in partnership between WFHB and the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, working together to build a strong, healthy, and engaged community. We turn now to Activate on the WFHB Local News. Activate, featuring real people working for positive change in our community, encouraging you to get involved, live your passion, and make a difference. Hi, everyone. My name is Kathy Egan. I'm the founder and the director of Canine Express Transport Project, which is a 501c3 organization, all volunteer. The mission of the Canine Express is that we are trying to make room in overcrowded shelters. We're getting ready to go into our 20th year. Uh, we began with transporting dogs for the first 17 years of that from South Central Indiana shelters to our shelter partners in New England. We would have five vans caravanning with over 100 dogs. We have been able to cut down the distance that we go. We transport to our shelter partners in Cleveland, Northwest Illinois, in northern Indiana with one van. The transporting of animals is a Band-Aid approach. This is just enabling space for the shelter so they don't have to euthanize. Well, I've been volunteering in animal welfare for over 40 years. Oh, I would say 1995, I started volunteering for Brown County Humane Society. And at that time, they had a 50% kill rate. So animals, 50% of them didn't make, dogs didn't make it out. So I was a dog walker for them, uh, volunteered for them for 18 years. When I would be walking a dog and I'd come in a couple of days after that and ask where such and such was, they had been euthanized, perfectly healthy, perfectly mentally sound dog would be euthanized. So it was really affecting me. So um, in 2004, actually in October, I took a trip with my mom to Italy. And my big thing was that I wanted to go to Assisi to stand by the graveside of St. Francis and say, give me something, tell me what I can do. And I'm not a traditionally religious person. So this, this was strange for me. So I come back and I was sitting there. And one day it was almost like a flash came into my mind that somebody had sent me an article for the Boston Globe and talked about the program where they were flying dogs from Puerto Rico to one of the shelters in Boston, Northeast Animal Shelter. And so I got to thinking, well, if they could transport dogs from the overpopulation problem in Puerto Rico, why can't we bring them from Indiana? I try to look back at the amount of dogs that we've transported, 12,600 dogs. It's made a difference for each and every one of those dogs. I can give you a very recent example. We had a dog named Zoe, 12-year-old German Shepherd. They had her for a year at the shelter, a senior dog on a concrete floor. I found out about it and I said, I work very closely with the Cleveland Senior Sanctuary, which is a marvelous group in the country that takes senior dogs. So I got in touch. They said, most certainly, bring her up. 
That was a month ago, and I keep getting photos from the adopter. He absolutely adores her. Yesterday, he sent me pictures. I can repeat story after story about these dogs that land in the most fabulous place. This is what I feel are individual little jewels of the project that make us all feel good. The drivers, everybody's a volunteer. The shelter staff, for them not to have to euthanize dogs because they have space, is major for them because, as you can imagine, having to euthanize dogs is is an awful thing. So we always need drivers. Get on the Canine Express website, which is all spelled out, C-A-N-I-N-E-E-X-P-R-E-S-S dot org, and you can send a message that way. I want to thank Activate for allowing me to talk about the Canine Express. My name is Kathy Egan. Again, I'm the founder and the director of Canine Express Transport Project. The biggest call out to people that I can have is to support your local shelter. Fostering is a way to open up kennels. And then spaying and neutering is the huge thing. Please get your animals spay and neutered. You've been listening to Activate, true stories from friends and neighbors who stand up for what they believe in. Activate is a partnership between WFHB and the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, working together to build a strong, healthy, and engaged community with production support from students in the media school at Indiana University. You can learn more about volunteer opportunities in the WFHB listening area online at bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. That's bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. Hello, friends. This is Chad Carruthers, producer of Activate, your weekly connection to people working for positive change in our community. I am here to ask you to pledge your support for this segment by calling 812-323-1200, or you can pledge online at WFHB.org. If you're a regular listener to WFHB, you may have noticed that we recently brought Activate back It had been dormant for a while, and it is back and better than ever, thanks to our partnership with the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, in particular the the amazing Michelle Moss, um, who partners with me to bring in folks who are doing good things in our community. And we think this is one of the most important things that we do here at WFHB, and we want to ask for your support. This is Pledge Drive. It is time for you to activate by calling 812 323-1200 or pledging online at wfhb.org. I'm really proud of this segment and I love the format. Activate is what we call a coached monologue. And this idea of a coached monologue, this came directly to me from my hero, Amy Goodman host and producer of Democracy Now! I'm sure you're familiar with that very popular program on WFHB. Amy Goodman was here um, years ago um, helping us launch Democracy Now! on WFHB. And she gave me so much great advice. At the time, I was running the news department here at WFHB. And she said, Chad, there's nothing more powerful than hearing someone speak for themselves. So Activate was just one of many productions that I sought to put out on the air at WFHB that didn't have a host or didn't have like a, you know, a personality person, you know, driving the car. Because so much of what you hear and see in commercial media is very personality driven, you know? It's like the the anchor, the, the on-air person is like, it's all about them, you know? 
And, and what Amy taught me is that, you know, to, to clear that clutter out, you know, to get get rid of the host presence uh, wherever you can. So sometimes we would even do segments on the local news where we would, you know, have someone give a tour of a, of a local nonprofit. And I would do the same thing. I would It would be like a fly on the wall kind of thing. And I would end up cutting myself out uh, because you guys already get to hear me enough, right? Especially during Pledge Drive. <laughs> We want we want the people who are really doing things in our community to have that voice, you know, and that's what Activate is all about. So please give us a call right now. 812-323-1200 online at WFHB.org. Pledge at any level that works for you. The important thing is that that you activate, you know, you make that jump from passive listener to active celebrant and protector of WFHB. And that's another thing that that Amy Goodman taught me is that how important it is for folks that are inspired by the tales that you hear on Activate to actually activate themselves. I mean, here we are 18 years after the original inception of this segment and Activate is still here providing critical media access for local citizens who stand up for something they believe in. Not just political advocacy, advocacy, but also folks who tutor school children and environmental causes and the local volunteer symphony. Activate is your connection to people working for positive change. But we cannot fulfill that mission without your help. So please call WFHB right now. 323-1200-812-323-1200. Let us know you appreciate what we do to celebrate what your friends and neighbors do to make Bloomington a better place to live. That number again, 812-323-1200 or go online at wfhb.org. Support your voice by voicing your support. Again, this is Chad Carruthers for WFHB News and for Activate, asking you to help us reach our goal for this important pledge drive. Call right now, 812-323-1200. You are listening to WFHB Local News. I'm Deke Hager. Hi, I'm Grace Romine. So, Grace, can you tell us what got you involved with WFHB? Yeah, of course. So, um, I am a first-year journalism student over at Indiana University, and the opportunity to volunteer at WFHB kind of fell into my lap unexpectedly, Um, and it's just worked out really fantastic for me. I love it here. Um, I come in about four hours a week, two days days a week, uh, roughly, depending on my schedule, and... um, it's great. It's it's really fun. Um, I love being able to cover any of the stories that I'm interested in. There's a lot of independence and community radio, and I think that's really important. There's not a lot of um, independent community radio stations left, and I think that's what makes WFHB so special to Bloomington. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, what a great opportunity for you. Yeah. Um, In order to maintain the WFHB local news four nights a week, we do need your support. We need to raise $200 during this very program to meet our goal for the fund drive. So please give us a call at 812-323-1200 or visit WFHB.org to make a donation. Every amount helps to reach that goal of $200. Again, call us at 812-323-1200 and make your pledge today. Thank you for your time, and thank you for your support. I'm Grace Romine. I'm T. Kager, and you can donate online at WFHB.org. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> 